This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. The following entries were recorded the week of April 12th. Hi there, my name is Monica. I'm 27 years old. I live in Des Moines, and I am apparently going outside. I don't do that as much as I should these days. Ooh, I have a package. I wonder what that could be. All right, we're outside. It's not great. Oh, God, there's a car coming in. Someone's going to see me do this. Human interaction. I'm not used to it. Um, Outside my building, there's a dirt parking lot to the right. I am looking at two duplexes, which are um, drug dealing houses. I see drug deals happen often. People ride up on their bicycles to the window, and um, they only stay there for a pretty short period of time, and they walk away looking looking happier than they did before. Their shoes don't always match. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my life. Oh God, you made me talk to people. Hi guys, how are you doing? Oh, you know, just another day in quarantine, quarantine paradise. Yeah, exactly. Here. <laughs> you guys always play the best music, by the way. Oh, you can hear it? Only when I come in, not from my apartment. Oh, really? So you guys are good. But every time I walk in, I'm like, oh, like yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> Enjoy your day, guys. All right, fine. That was pleasant. Thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, I don't really consider myself as having a lot of social anxiety but I think the quarantine has created it so oh there's that hi this is Victoria it's April 7th and I'm located in the Chicago area I'm looking at a lot of large trees and funky interesting architecture up and down my street It's mostly single-family homes uh, built around 1920 to 1950. People walk, people talk, they put signs in their yards, Black Lives Matter, um, search for the helpers. Yeah. And so because we're spending a ton of time alone together, it's my husband, my son, and I in our kind of big apartment, um, we pretty much isolate and do our own thing so we don't end up fighting because this is week three of quarantine. Uh, over here in Chicago. I'm a visual artist and I'm a writer, so I listen to music a lot. And it's sort of a backdrop for my creative process. And and that's the music that I would associate with this time because I'm in this really generative space of, of making, I would say, the um, acid jazz radio station, uh, which is on AccuRadio. So they play a lot of, like, Jamiroquai, um... I don't know, some pretty, some pretty abstract, like chill, um, electronic jazz, uh, very progressive and interesting work and music that's easy to get into and, and to create art by. So I do listen to music a lot when I'm working out of my house. So before the, the, quarantine and the coronavirus business started, I had gotten a a contracting position at a company that I really wanted to be with. 
And before the coronavirus, it was a six-month contract. I was positive I'd be renewed for a new position at the end of the six months, a new contract. And I was positive that I would be a shoe-in for the first full-time permanent position that opened up in the department. That was before the quarantine. Now I was like, they say they're committed to not doing layoffs, but renewing contracts, if they don't choose not to do that, that is not a layoff. And it would be really easy for us to be the first bat that is skimmed. I was being considered for this huge step-up role. is literally double my current salary. Um, I got reached out to. I didn't even apply. I knew somebody at the company who thought I'd be a great fit for it before the coronavirus started. And when everything went to heck in a handbasket, I was totally convinced that this was going to end. They had actually paid for my tickets to fly me out for an interview. So that stopped. Um, but they committed to doing the interview via Skype. It's like the most intense experience of my life. And two weeks later, they offered me a full-time job and I can't even believe it. And I feel like so weird about it because if, if this whole coronavirus thing wasn't happening, I mean, this would be one of the biggest accomplishments of my life. I'd be celebrating like crazy. I'd be screaming it from the rooftops. And now because of the coronavirus, all I can think is that I don't deserve it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I Just a few weeks ago, I was so terrified for my economic situation and well-being come June. Like I was going to be muddling through who knows what if my contract wasn't renewed. And there are people who don't even get a three-month warning like I got. Like, yeah, okay, there's three months I have to prepare for the possibility of unemployment. There's a lot of people who didn't get any time to prepare for immediate unemployment. I mean, it's insane. And then all of a sudden, I'm considered for this position that pays twice my current pay. I mean, <laughs> lots of people deserve a promotion. Lots of people deserve to have not lost their jobs. And it's so hard for me to even be happy that I got this lifeboat passed to me when other people also deserve a lifeboat and, and they're not going to get that. They didn't get that. They won't get that. I don't know. So I have really mixed feelings. I'm proud. I'm excited. But God, I feel really guilty. But that aside, you know, trying to at least focus on this is a huge positive. And if the coronavirus wasn't wasn't happening, this would be like nothing but the best news ever for me. Um, and, and, and the person I'm dating, the first thing he said was, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I can't take you out to dinner to celebrate. And I was like, it's totally fine. Like, <laughs> You know, d dinner has nothing to do with how excited I am about this, although obviously I completely appreciate the sentiment. Um, he's like, no, we're ordering out. And we got like a sushi feast, which is my favorite food. I haven't had it in forever. So we got so much sushi and we watched um, The 40-Year-Old Virgin and it was such a fun time. And I really appreciated that, you know, despite everything going on, there was like such a commitment from him to celebrate my accomplishments. It really meant a lot. I was very excited by that. And I'm, I'm still very excited about what's coming up. Oh, but it's going to be hard. So we'll see. So I belong to a YMCA where I go and I take water aerobics classes with my friends. And I'm really grieving that because they're amazing. And I'm in my 50s and most of them are in their 70s and 80s. Women and also some men, mostly women. And everyone is very thoughtful. And, and we talk and we laugh in the class and we process what's happening in the world. It's kind of 
our informal, you know, check-in session with each other. And I go like three or four times a week. This is my community. And I've been through a lot with these folks, you know, medical things, mine and theirs, uh, political changes. And I don't know, just life. And so I miss them a lot. And being in the water, I really miss being in the water. I... (laughs) I am grieving, I guess, the loss of my social life. I guess I, I guess I kind of got a little bit lucky. I am the most extroverted person in the world, possibly. Um, I was, I was just talking with my ex a few days ago, and she's saying that the biggest adjustment is she's the biggest one of the used to be apparently one of the biggest introverts I've ever met. Which I mean, I guess you could see how opposites attract. And she's such an introvert, and she was saying that, you know, she's doing well, the quarantine has been tough, but she's been thinking about how she's kind of lucky that she's an introvert with two dogs and a house. Like, a lot of people have less interaction than that, or less space, or whatever. And she's like, but then again, after after being with you for so long, I went from having somebody talking 24-7 <laughs> to, to just total silence. And then the quarantine and nobody's coming over. She's like, if this had happened before we met, I would have been completely well adjusted to it. And she's saying like, how are you doing? And and that's the truth. I am the most extroverted person ever. And it has been really hard just sitting alone, not really talking to anybody. I mean, really the only person that I see is um, the guy that I'm dating. And, you know, he doesn't live here. He doesn't want to be here all the time. So, and, you know, especially with the quarantine, we are trying to like somewhat limit contact. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think just being alone, the amount of time that I've been alone has been a, a loss for sure. Yeah, I, I miss people. I miss plans. I miss making friends. I can't go anywhere and not make friends, usually to my own detriment. Um, it's usually the weirdos that I end up talking to. I've got weird taste, I guess. <laughs> so that's that. So, um, I live in Chicago, north of Chicago, and they have converted the McCormick Place, which is one of the, uh, if it's not the, it's one of the largest convention centers in the country. Uh, they've converted it to a field hospital. And um, as of today, they have 500 beds and, and individual rooms, you know, separated by fabric partitions uh, that have been set up there. And the, and the goal and the intention, I know they will accomplish it is to have 3000 rooms slash beds, um, over the next coming weeks. Um, this article really stood out to me within five days, this entire initiative was assembled with people working 24 hours a day straight and, um, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker and a lot of different initiatives. So, Um, I love this. I love this about Chicago. I've loved this about Chicago from day one. I was born and raised here, um, traveled and lived other places, but this is my hometown. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to a parade in Chicago, but they're amazing. Like you have these huge parades and thousands, if not millions of people, you know, gathered on the street. And then the minute the parade's over, almost like ants in an ant farm, all of these city service workers come out and like within a half an hour, the whole street is clean and up and running again for, for regular traffic. And that's Chicago. Like Chicago, yeah, like Chicago is an incredibly active and proactive and functional city where people work together to get stuff done. I'm very grateful 
for this field hospital. I hope to God that I or anyone I know or anyone really never has to go there. It's a backup for all the hospitals that we have here in the terrible possibility that they are filled with people that are sick and we need another place. And I love Pritzker. I love Governor Pritzker. And, and he said, you know, in an ideal situation, we won't need this at all because that means that everyone's been staying home and everyone's been doing what they need to do to curb the growth of the virus. And our hospitals will be able to handle, you know, just the number of people that get sick. Um, again, very Chicago, you know, like he said on the news the other day, hey, listen, I would love for everybody to say to me, Pritzker, you overreacted and you did too much. We didn't need it. Because again, that would mean that all of the predictions that they're saying about the number of people that are going to get sick in Chicago didn't happen. And we all live to tell the story. So there you go. Chicago. That's my city. Those are my people. We're worker bees. We're not afraid to get our hands wet and our roll up our sleeves and, and get in there and fix stuff together. And I love that. And I'm grateful that I live here and this time. I did read an article though. That was really funny. I'm gonna find the article because it actually was really worth it. Bear with me, I swear it won't take too long. Here we go. Louisiana police apologize for using the purge siren to signal coronavirus curfew. Oh my God, that killed me. It's like not the onion. Like that's the best part. It's not the onion. It says police in Crowley, Louisiana have issued an apology for using the siren heard in the purge to signal the 9 p.m. local time curfew that has been put into effect in the city because of the coronavirus outbreak. Parish residents immediately filed complaints about the warning sound. I knew they had a curfew, but no one was expecting to hear that siren. Crowley Police Chief Jimmy Broussard said he didn't want to use a regular police siren to alert residents to the curfew. And another officer pointed him to an old military siren, which happened to be the same one used in The Purge. <laughs> but the next line said that they did not know the, about the connection to the movies and apologized, and so they wouldn't be using it moving forward. And there's a clip of it going off. It'd be terrifying. It reminds me of, um... If I remember correctly, Silent Hill, that creepy video game back in the day. Anyway, yeah, I'm avoiding the news, but that one really made me laugh. So I think that's the article still sitting with me. Like, that's where we're at. These Not the Onion articles are real life, so. All Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated about this project, please visit us on social media. We're at All Alone Pod on Instagram and Twitter. This is an area code podcast.